welcome to Duck Blind. I'm Jill Schroeder, and this is our podcast from Grey Duck Gallery here in Austin, Texas. Today I'll be chatting with Kansas City-based artist Yoon Mi Nam. Her exhibition, Delivered and Discarded, runs through October 16th. Hello, Yoon Mi. Hi, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And I say us because we're outside amongst all the birds and squirrels. And I I have to warn you that the squirrel sometimes drops stuff on you. Oh, Okay. (laughs) I'll keep my eyes open. (laughs) Okay. Um, You were born in Seoul, South Korea, and have lived in a number of different um, countries and cities, including Providence, where you received your MFA from uh, RISD, Mm -hmm. and you now live in Lawrence, Kansas. Can you tell us how all of those different places and cultures have influenced your work? Yeah, I think that's a really important part of my work. Um, I don't intentionally think about how this new place is going to affect my work or how it's going to change me necessarily. But I think um, I think it does, inevitably. Um, I've lived in Canada when I was little, and I lived in Korea, obviously. That's where I was born. And then I've traveled to different places, and now I live in U.S. And so... I think a lot of the ways that I kind of think about the relationship between myself and the place um, is reflected in my work in more um, subtle way, such as like the idea of translation, which is not obvious in my work. Visible, It's not that visible, but I use that as a, a method a lot. And I think... In some ways, printmaking, to, for me, has that idea of translation because it kind of translates the image mm. as it, you know, is, it's, you know, through the matrix and through the print. And that's, that's one example. And just kind of thinking about how, how one same thing is viewed differently depending on the context. Mm-hmm. So that idea of... Putting things in different context is another idea that I always kind of tend to use. And a lot of these things, I think, is not necessarily something that I decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use this as a way to talk about myself. But I think it's just it just comes out because that's the way I kind of had to exist, kind of looking at myself in the context of where I am because... That's, I think, when you kind of see yourself, you know, if you're in Hmm. a different country or if you're in a, you know, unfamiliar place, then you're really able to see how you're different from the other, you know, the rest of the people or or just languages, you know, speaking one language in in one place and another language in another place. Um, So, I mean, that's literally translation, (laughs) but, you know, a lot of that kind of just I think because that's the way I kind of function and I just navigate through the world, it just comes out in the way kind of the in, when the process, it comes out in my work. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Well, so, I mean, do you think you look at objects in a culture differently because you're in a different place? Yeah, and I think that's something it's, it, it, that, it, that is very much related Um I am able to see things, I think, um, more um, because I am able to kind of go between 
to countries or you know different places and something that that are usually invisible to mm-hmm. many people is more visible to me because um, I still go back and forth. So even, you know, I was born in Korea, but then when I go back to Korea, I again become a foreigner because I live... Because you've adjusted to a different culture. So then when I go back, I notice things that are different from my point of view because I've been away. And then same thing, living here... I am able to notice things. And so it, it sort of heightens my awareness of um, things that I think we often take it for granted or not really see. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of objects, well, culturally and objects, um, the like I see two main stars a lot in your, your shows is time. Mm-hmm. Temporal or last lasting and um, like everyday objects mm-hmm. like paper bags or containers, um, and this show has those two stars yeah. also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think those two are the things that's always been always something that I think about. I think time, both time and these kind of objects, everyday objects, when both of them kind of to me have this feeling that it has that contradiction w- inherent to them to themselves and I think maybe that's because of the way that I feel how I exist in the world it's neither this or that I'm I'm neither you know um, from Korea or from America so when there is that kind of in-betweenness or something that something that's op- seemingly opposite seem to coexist in in one thing mm-hmm. that's when I am really interested in that and time when something feels both permanent and fleeting um, and often recently I've been exploring disposable objects that's made out of plastic and I think those objects have that and also just the daily because you know this kind of daily and mundane activities as you know it almost marks time the repetition and often just kind of like everyday objects are what um the way we interact with that kind of everyday objects to me kind of marks time um Mm. like doing regular things like um getting junk mail from your mailbox (laughs) um getting coffee or you know getting takeout so you know in that kind of process and that's kind of how I work I notice things and then when I notice something then I kind of start to collect those things that I notice and I amass this collection (laughs) of that thing that I notice not really knowing what I'm going to do with them but I just start collecting and just thinking about it and why why did I get drawn to this and through collecting and accumulating and then oftentimes just doing some drawings of them I kind of take a leap and trust the process and see what will happen that's fantastic yeah and then and then something and then something happens <laughs> hopefully <laughs> um and I think that's that's kind of what happened for this body of work as well, especially during the, the pandemic. Yeah, so during the pandemic, you got a ton of 
boxes delivered packages with things inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk about how the how the boxes um, kind of are translated into the show and and the plastic containers that sure. were inside of them? Sure. So like like we were talking about time and everyday and mundane objects. That's always something that I'm interested in. And when the pandemic happened and and everything shut down in March 2020, I wasn't able to go to the print shop or the ceramic shop where I usually go to make work. Um, So I couldn't really use the facilities that I am used to using. And I also kind of, you know, I think everybody was scared and, you know, it was unknown. And the only thing that you could kind of do is just, you know, wake up, eat breakfast, you know, just that kind of daily thing. And one thing that I think we all did was getting things delivered. Yeah. Because we we were scared to go outside. And also we were told not to go outside. And the the amount of delivery kind of got really big. Sure. You know, we've always, you know, like many people, we have deliveries come to our house But that act of like getting all these deliveries, all the necessities, you know, food and or, you know, things that you need. And I was teaching online at that time. So just all the equipment and, you know, things, electronics and things that you have to get. So those started kind of piling up in our house. And we have a really, really small house. And that act of like getting the delivery, receiving the delivery. And I'm sure we everybody remembers when we were <laughs> disinfecting everything yep. oh yeah um washing like fruits and everything <laughs> and that that ritual sort of i started to notice that ritual that i i kind of ended up doing where i get the delivery boxes and sometimes there's even like different quarantine days you know (laughs) this has been quarantined for one day or two days um and then just making homemade like alcohol sanitizers because also that ran out right um so we made this like alcohol sanitizer that we just sprayed onto everything that came into the house and we would get food delivered and we would consume the foods and then you know the boxes pile up and i would kind of flatten them out and and recycle them so there's a stack of recycling in the house so i started to notice that kind of ritual of doing that and instinctively um i start collecting you know when when i start noticing something so i started to collect those boxes and they come in a lot of different shapes and really interesting kind of you know <laughs> forms and different sizes and for a long time i just didn't know what to do with them but i just collected them and i did start to go to my studio um which doesn't have other you know printmaking or ceramic facilities but just my regular just you know space yeah. studio and just started to like play around in the studio just with things that I have and of course I'm sure I instinctively did things that I'm I always tend to do which and use materials that I always kind of tend to use and I use a lot of sumi ink in my work when I especially when I'm doing drawings and sumi ink is something that I do use when I do mukuhanga printing 
Um, ah, okay. Yeah, and so I just started to play around, and I think really honestly, I just didn't know what to do、um, in the studio, and I just had some Tyvek sheets. Oh, actually, I just I think I started just painting the boxes. And it was Sumi. Yeah. Okay. And it looked horrible. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of things that I just did. It just I can't even remember all of them. But I think that's what you do in the studio. Just kind of experiment. Yeah. Just do things. And I, I, I do work that way. That I have to. I have to kind of. I think while I make things. So I'm not. I'm that kind of artist where I have to kind of move my body and. You know, touch materials and、mm-hmm. then think while I'm doing things. So that's what I was doing, and one thing led to another, and I sort of arrived in this process of painting the Tyvek sheets with Sumi ink, and then spraying on surface before the Sumi ink completely dries. Spraying that same、um, alcohol sanitizer that I was carrying around everywhere because we were still <laughs> just spraying everything that we were touching,、um, and I just when I sprayed it, I noticed this like reaction that's hap- that happened on the surface, which really excited me because it really made it made it visible、mm-hmm. that act of you know spraying alcohol and that that stain in the splatter.、Mm. Was left permanent on the surface, and then I, with all of the collected boxes, I used them as templates to just trace the shapes of all of the different boxes. And again, a lot of like different trials and errors and things kind of happened. And just through that act of like playing and experimenting, I started to make these、um, bodies of work that's up at Great Art Gallery right now. So a lot of those are kind of cutouts, faithfully cutting out the shapes using the boxes as templates, but they're kind of stacked as if they were about to be recycled. Okay. And and then I also enjoy that. That moment of transformation when material kind of transforms a certain way, and I think one of the things that I really enjoy about the surface of this material is that because it's Tyvek, it's you're quite you're not quite sure if it's paper or or exactly what it is, and the surface sometimes even looks like、um, metal. So that's something that I enjoy. But then. I have all of the pieces hanging up, so gravity kind of plays a role、um, and kind of shapes the dimensionality of the cutout box shapes. We, I mean, we were talking about like I, I kind of consider them tapestries because、mm-hmm. they're they're hanging like a tapestry would. There's like this tactileness to them, and they're not like flat at all. They're very voluminous and、mm-hmm. folded and. Yeah, they, they. You're right. They kind of transform into something completely different. Yeah, and I, I really enjoy that. I think I've always kind of worked with paper, and I've worked with more of a paper sculptural work,、um, and you know, cutting paper and folding it and making more dimensional, you know, form. And that's kind of an extension of printmaking and some work, kind of extension of book arts. And I've made some plastic bags out of paper,、mm-hmm. and love those, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So this this is kind of like now I'm sort of like you know using 
just that the way it it exists in space which is something that i think is really interesting because as you've seen when i w- brought the work here they're all flat because mm-hmm. they're all just stacks of tyvek sheets but then when they are hung the the volume kind of happens mm-hmm. when they when they hang so that's really interesting to me as well yeah. can you also talk about the ceramic pieces yeah. and the glaze that you use and yeah so um, ceramic pieces. I've done some ceramics before um, when I was working on um, arranged flower series, which are the print series where I combine cut flower arrangements with disposable containers. Again, for that project, I just amassed a collection of disposable <laughs> containers because I, you know, that's what I do. I collect if I'm interested. So when I had all of those you know disposable containers like fast food soda cups and um, deli takeout containers and things like that I've gotten interested in kind of going in space I think it's because when I made that first plastic bag using gompi paper um, that was kind of just again I just did it to see what will happen and I made that gompi paper plastic bag and I realized I didn't know how to show this work because I wanted it to look like how a plastic bag exists in space yeah so I I wanted kind of it to exist in space with volume um, not flat but because the paper was so thin and so lightweight I couldn't figure out how to show this because if you just plop it on the pedestal if anybody walks past it it will just blow Blow away away. (laughs) (laughs) so and this is kind of how my i how i think i tend to work it's sort of like one thing leads to another thing Mm -hmm. so i just i need something heavy to pull this down yeah and that's when i thought about making takeout containers using porcelain and because i was really interested in the materiality of it the idea of re- recreating um, these plastic containers using ceramic was also interesting to me yeah. in relation to that idea of time. Um, ceramic has this long history. It has this kind of existence that's like beyond plastic. And while plastic containers, it's only meant to be used once. But it also, you know, lasts longer. Right. But then again, ceramics last way longer. <laughs> so there's this kind of like interesting kind of comparison. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think ceramic and glass and those materials are also interesting because they're so fragile. There's this kind of fragility. So that's when I started to kind of use um, ceramic in my work. And for this particular body of work um, here, so it's kind of continuing that exploration with ceramics but I wanted to kind of work in ceramic that kind of goes with the box works where I started to collect along with those boxes these kind of like vacuum formed plastic containers that are like you know deli containers um, plastic cups but also Things that will protect things that's fragile, like eggs or electronics that often Mm -hmm. comes in deliveries. 
So just like how I use the box shape as the template, I use the plastic containers as the mold to basically get a cast of the inside of those containers. And I also wanted to kind of explore the history of ceramics a little bit. So I um, and kind of uh, kind of referencing back to my own cultural background. Mm-hmm. So I ex- I wanted to have all of these um, glazed in Korean celadon glaze. Kind of you know have this conversation between this contemporary modern disposable objects and this historical ceramic objects, and also thinking about my identity as someone that's from Korea and living in U.S. Um, so there are casts of bunch of these um, <laughs> plastics, <laughs> um, but in both cases, I think um, the thing that I realized, I think, as I was making it, and I said this earlier um, in our conversation, I made these because I didn't have access to the print shop. Mm-hmm. But at the end, to me, they're all prints. Because oh, they, wow. they have that relationship. And maybe that's the only way I can yeah. think. Yeah. Or it's just something that I'm just so... It's inherently in me mm-hmm. when I work. Is that relationship between some kind of a matrix and the image that printmaking has. Yeah. I think these objects still has that relationship. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect place to end the podcast. Okay. Thanks thanks so much for driving down here and help setting up the show and doing the podcast. I really oh, appreciate it. Oh, thank you it. so much for, you know, showing my work. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Yunmi Nam for joining me on the podcast. The exhibition Delivered and Discarded will run through October 16th. I would also like to thank Scott David Gordon for producing the show and the Black Drum Set for letting us use their song, A Dangerous Drive. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>